So today is Pentecost Sunday, and I want to start by reading from Acts chapter 2. And um, this is a common portion of Scripture, and you've probably read it, heard it. But I want to ask you, as I read these verses, let's allow the Holy Spirit to breathe something fresh of His Word. We're not here to read the Bible without the presence of God. God is right here to minister something in your heart by the power of his word as we walk this out. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Would you say that please? Every nation under heaven. One more time. Every nation under heaven. That is a really important portion of the scripture that we're going to understand in a moment. Verse 6. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak his own language. They all understood the same language. All the nations came together and they all understood the same language. So let me just uh, make this very clear right up front on Pentecost Sunday so that there's no question in anybody's mind as we're, um, new families have come in and we're growing together. Those of you joining online, so glad that uh, we're able to connect on this level relationally. But let's be very clear. We are a church that believes in the presence and the power of God Almighty. We are a church that believes the gifts of the Spirit are God's conversational expression through the sons and daughters of God in the earth that we might experience those gifts today in our generation. Can I get an amen? We want everything God has for us. Last week it was interesting, Tracy shared with me after I, I spoke and talked a little bit about navigating through a father wound minefield while we're talking about spiritual wellness and addressing the orphan spirit, um, Tracy, my wife, had a conversation with somebody afterward who said, you know, there are a lot of those father wound issues that existed within me, but because I got in my prayer closet and prayed in the spirit tenaciously, God dealt with so many of those things that exist within my heart. How many know praying in the spirit is a powerful weapon in your life? The Bible in the book of Jude says, praying the Holy Ghost, building yourself up in the most holy faith. You need to understand, in the day that we're living in and in the day that we're moving into is the body of Christ, you need to pick up every single weapon of, your warf of warfare that you have at your disposal and at your discretion. So I want to encourage you to hit our blog um, <clears throat> because clearly I can't do justice this topic in one Sunday. We're not going into a season of emphasis right now. But on the blog, um, you can click the link directly, but the blog has the link. It's destinyokc forward slash Holy Spirit. And what you'll find on there, uh, when you click that link, there's a, a document that you can read about the, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, all the things that we read about in Scripture. And here's the thing I want to say to you. 
I don't want you to believe what I believe about how I have read my Bible. I want you to believe what you believe after you read your Bible. <laughs> you've got to come up to, you've got to come to your own conclusions about this very important topic. And it is very important for you to have clarity, understanding, and theological certainty to the point of conviction in your life. I know that, that the natural mind, this, some of what I'm talking about doesn't make sense. And immediately we want to just automatically reject it logically. But don't allow that to happen in your thinking. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you what he's desiring to reveal. And what you'll see also at that link after the written document, if you'd like to read that. Then there are four messages. And we did this not too long ago entitled the Not-So-Spooky Ghost Stories series. We did four messages on there. And we just talked about the Holy Spirit and the power of that relationship. And uh, he's not spooky, you know. I mean, like, he, he's the Holy Spirit. Like, for God so loved the world, he sent his son Jesus and then for God so loved those who gave their life to Christ he sent his spirit to commission them to walk in a place of great power and knowing. so I encourage you go on there and uh, read into this listen to this over the course of the next few weeks and then recognize this we are going to start July the 14th on a Wednesday night we have a Destiny Christian Leadership Institute it is specific training for leaders who want to really grow deeper um, we have a staff member that is that we hired and paid to initiate this. And so these classes are intense. Uh, they're really deep. And there's a tuition involved to attend these particular classes that we're providing. Other churches have uh, involvement with this, this now, these coursework. Well, we're going to open this up tuition free for the summertime starting July the 14th because we're going to focus in on what it is to exchange and walk with the Holy Spirit as a way of life where you're experiencing and expressing the power of God Almighty. So on Wednesday night, starting July 14th, for six weeks, and then we're going to conclude August the 18th on that last night with a worship night where we're going to come and encounter God and just express our hearts and our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. How many things a great idea? Let's just go deeper. Anybody want to go deeper in their relationship with the Lord? Come on, I want to go deeper. Lord, take us deeper, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So today we're going to take a look at the day of Pentecost from a uniquely different perspective, specifically at the request of our governor and first lady, uh, Kevin and Sarah Stitt. We are actually eight days away from a 100-year anniversary of a tragedy that took place in the state of Oklahoma that's largely um, unknown. There's just not much conversation and interaction about it. I'm starting to see a little bit emerge because of the centennial nature of what's taking place. But I want to address this with you today, and I'm talking about Black Wall Street, if you don't know, the, the Tulsa uh, race massacre that took place. And so I want to get into this, and I want to show you it from a, uh, maybe a uniquely different perspective. And you need to understand something. Acts chapter 2. Remember when we were reading those portions of Scripture, it says all nations were gathered together and everybody understood one language. You remember that? If you go back a little over 2,000 years earlier, you will find, uh, well, further back, in Genesis chapter 11. And what you'll see is this is just after the flood. And you've got all these people, and the Bible says that they were all gathered together and they spoke the same language. And they were going to build the Tower of Babel. 
and literally become their own God. And God came down and he confused their language and dispersed the nations in this hour of this Tower of Babel. Now think about this. Everybody was one nation, one language, and then they were dispersed because of their arrogance and pride. And then out of humility is born great authority. And we find in Acts chapter 2, in a very real way, God was reversing Genesis chapter 11 as all nations came together. And what did he say in Genesis 11? If they speak the same language and use the same words, nothing will be impossible to them. And then we find in Acts chapter 2, all nations are together and they understand one language together and the language of the Spirit is born for the body of Christ where we pray in the Spirit, the common language of the Spirit. Do you understand? Nothing will be impossible to them if they speak the same language. So it's really important for us to, to see what was taking place in this because all of a sudden we're mobilized that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that with God all all things are possible. The supernatural is readily available to us, and that common language of the Spirit is central to what took place in the book of Acts chapter 2. In a very real way, what happened, God confused language and ethnic division emerged. And what, what we'll see in this in Scripture is nations speak of ethnic groups. And you'll understand a little more why. But ultimately, ultimately, Pentecost, and I wore this shirt to make uh, this particular statement today on purpose. Pentecost was actually God's grand statement of eracism. And it's where he brought back the expression of a unified church. How many of you know the world we live in is very divided? And a divided world needs a united church. And if we're not careful, we just allow the world's mindset of division to filter into the body of Christ, and we begin to pronounce our various judgments in various directions. And, and I am going to address specifically ethnic diversity, but, but beyond that, I want to say, in this room right now, there are different political affiliations, and if we're not careful, we allow that to divide us and splinter us. In this room, there are masked people and there are non-masked people. There are vax people and there are non-vax people. And I want you to know the most important thing that you can deem in your heart is that we are one family in Jesus Christ. God is our Father and we will be unified beyond all those secondary issues. Come on. Will you unanimously join as we declare unity all together in Jesus' mighty name? Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. I want you to hear how the Bible clearly addresses these issues of division that existed in these New Testament days. In this new life, Colossians 3, 11, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. There, there was a huge, huge division that was taking place in this day. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. We should be unified from that standpoint alone. 
Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 to 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I mean, this is important language in the body of Christ, especially when we live in such a splintered society in so many directions. There are so many things that are taking place right now, uh, and what we have to understand is Abraham was blessed, for what reason? To be a blessing to many nations. In other words, what, you, what we read in Scripture, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, Old Testament and New Testament, the word nations actually translates ethnic group. The Greek word for nation is ethnos. This is exactly what it's talking about. God wanted to use Abraham to bless all ethnic groups with no bias at all. God's heart and desire from the very beginning is to draw all ethnic groups together as his family with no bias. We're all sons and daughters of God. And any form of racism, any form of nationalism is demonic. And we need to understand its origin is of Satan. I'm being very direct and very clear. I said it in the first service as well. How many of you are a little nervous about this particular topic right now? I mean, you kind of feel the tension in your gut, right? And here I am standing up here, you know, online. Listen, this is just bottom line truth. We are, this is conviction truth. This is not preference. This is conviction I want to honor the Lord, and I want to dignify others, and that's what God's called us to do in the body of Christ. God used Joseph to save lives in Egypt and Canaan as well as his own family, like not only uh, the people of God, but also the Egyptians who maybe some would say, well, you know, they didn't deserve to be rescued. No, God used Joseph in that situation. We read about Ruth, we read about Esther, and several others who provide all kinds of example of what it is in Scripture to cross those cultural barriers. The Apostle Paul lived in an incredible time where ethnic prejudice boiled beneath the surface. And the basis of conflict in his day wasn't the color of skin, but it was ethnic differences that existed in other avenues. You know, the uh, Samaritan woman by the well, she said to Jesus, what are you doing, a Jew, talking to me? Jews believe we're dogs. What was she saying? There's an ethnic divide that takes place, and there's a sense of supremacy in your people group. You shouldn't be having a conversation with me. This is very important, and the Bible very clearly addresses it, and Jesus very clearly hates it, (laughs) and so should you. You let me know that which grieves the heart of God should grieve the sons and daughters of God, and that which brings him joy should bring us joy. So just a few years after Paul writes to Ephesus, the Jews and Syrians, uh, they begin massacring each other in the streets because of all kinds of dissension that was taking place in his day. Most people haven't heard of this particular event that I'm referencing, the, T- the Tulsa race massacre. And it's crazy, it's right here in our own state. And um, when the governor and his wife asked pastors, they 
gathered us together and said, can we bring attention to this in this 100-year uh, anniversary as we ask the Lord to bring a racial reconciliation to the state of Oklahoma? I just said, I'm in. Come on. I want to do anything we can. I, I was blown away by what I've learned. And let me just point out a few things in, in this regard. If you go to our, our blog where you get that, not only the other stuff on the Holy Spirit link and so forth, then you, you'll find the documentaries, you'll find the website to learn more about this. And, and I, I just think it's really important that we understand, folks, I mean, maybe some of you have heard of this. Many of us have not. I had never even heard of it. But this is the worst case of domestic terrorism in the history of our nation. I, I don't know if you understand, but Americans literally dropped bombs on fellow Americans. And black Wall Street, where black families who were escaping injustice from all over the nation and flooding into the state of Oklahoma, finding incredible independence and freedom and, and the ability to, to live the American dream. It was utterly destroyed in this particular event. And, and listen, I click it, go on, watch the video, uh, the documentary. It's all there available for you. And let me just say it loud and clear. White people like me need to press into this and understand so that we can grow forward into a deeper place of reconciliation, restoration, and true unity that God desires for our land. The body of Christ is the hope for unity and reconciliation. In fact, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible is very clear about this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus gave you the ministry of reconciliation. So I was pretty blown away, actually, when I found, um, through some of listening to this, that Oklahoma was actually a mecca for black citizens to escape injustice and find their fortune. And, and if you're looking at live notes, this is your blank on there, but Oklahoma was considered to be a beacon for the entire nation for racial reconciliation. There was actually discussion of making the state of Oklahoma a black state because it had such a preserving atmosphere for those that were wanting to step into a new place of freedom from social injustice. That is in the history of our state. How many of you know that's something to be noted as something in the history of our state? Maybe we can just call that down, whatever all those roots are that would release that to be known in that particular day and celebrate that as our history so that it might become something that we perpetuate as our destiny in days to come where this becomes a state that sets the tone for the entire nation where we believe in reconciliation, where the people can come together in a place of unity and really understand we all stand on common ground before God Almighty. And the blessing of God abounds when that begins to happen. The Bible says in Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. 
It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You know, the beauty of this analogy that's being given in Scripture is this particular mountain has rushing streams flowing off of it because the dew at the top of the mountain begins to trickle down. And when those drops form together, they produce a momentum of a greater stream. And literally at the bottom of the stream, because of the unity of the tiny drops up top creating that momentum, it produces this rushing expression of water at the base of the mountain. I mean, it's just such a beautiful picture that we're hearing about. And this type of unity that we're discussing, did you catch it at the end? For the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. That place of unity Maybe it's good for us to remember that they were all in one place in one accord in the day of Pentecost. They were unified in their pursuit and their hunger for God. And I believe God wants to do something profound in this particular hour. We've got to understand and recognize it's going to take a little bit of effort on our part. Let me just ask this question. How many of you in this room have found yourself sitting at a table with maybe a grandparent who said something racially insensitive or inappropriate. Can I just see? Raise your hand. You experienced that before. Like, I guarantee that's commonplace. I don't care what color you are, that's commonplace. And what we all have to understand is racism is not something that children are born with. It's something children grow up and learn. In fact, I uh, hadn't planned to share this, and I shared it in the first. My girls both got onto me a little bit. Um, so that's an invitation to share it again in my pastoral opinion. But, you know, our girls are uniquely different in every way. They don't look much alike. If you know Faith and Lexi, you know Faith is blonde, fair-complected, can't get in the sun very long. Lexi, she's more like me. And that's, by the way, Tracy as well, blonde, fair-complected. Lexi's more like me, dark skin, dark hair. Um, We can handle the sun, no problem. And... When they were little, Faith had the bright idea when we were playing games in our living room. Um, she said, hey, uh, let's, let's, let's we'll divide up in teams, the dark people against the white people. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I, when she said it, I kind of jumped in and I thought, I mean, it, there was something beautiful about the innocence of what she was saying. Had no racial implication whatsoever. It's just that I had darker skin and Lexi had darker skin than Faith and Tracy. So we cooperated with it and we thought it was cute until Faith decides out on the playground here at our Christian school the next week to rally the children together in a game that they were going to play and all the white kids against all the brown kids and the white kids were going to go first. And she's making these announcements and and so I started having parent meetings, people coming to the school wanting to meet with the pastor like, kids don't learn this, they had to get it from you. And I just like, no, I'm sorry, you have to understand, like I'm the brown people in this situation. I mean, I I understand, I mean, it can really, I I mean, this can... This can go sideways real fast, you know, in a situation like that. But here's the bottom line. We as the church stand up and say, love crosses every cultural barrier, every ethnic barrier. There's no place where we, uh, where we as people, humanity, come into a room and worship rich, poor, black, white, all kinds of background, preserve ourselves to marriage, came through prison sentence. Come on, this is the body of Christ unified together as we celebrate the cross of Jesus Christ. Would you just join? 
join in and declare that as we let's stand to our feet and let's give the Lord Jesus a hand clap of praise as we just honor the Lord today. Lord Jesus, we invite you into this place. Have your way, Lord. Do what you desire to do within us. Transform our lives, we pray. Lord, I pray that you would just take that which we've explored in your word. Lord, you would allow the truth of your word, Lord, to materialize within us in a way that it produces substance in our lives, in a way that the kingdom of God would prevail, that we would learn your desire is for us to walk in true power. But until we're willing to walk in true humility, completely surrendered to what you say is true, we can't be trusted with the authority you desire for us to carry. There's something about the power of the Spirit that can transform us so much that we read about in the book of Acts, the substance of a shadow, that when the shadow crossed over somebody who was sick, suddenly that sick person was healed. We want to know what that's about. We want to know what it's like to walk with God where we're so aligned with the heart of God, so aligned with the desires of God that you can trust us with that kind of authority. It's born from our genuine humility. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, will you just humble yourself before him today? Lord, none of us have this all figured out. We're all on a journey just trying to find our way. And it's because of the love of Jesus that we have anything to offer at all. It's because you loved us when you didn't even agree with us. When our attitude was horrible, you reached into our lives with kindness. For it's the kindness of the Lord that led us to repentance. I pray, Lord, that we would learn that. That we would recognize there are going to be people that we won't even agree with. But your desire is for us to, lo to love them to express kindness to them because it's what we received from you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible says, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. Do you believe Jesus came, he lived, and he died? And he's risen from the grave, the Savior of the world, to redeem all humanity so that he might not only save the world, but he would be your Savior, personally, individually, that you would make that decision. There's no, no more important decision you can make. You know, this could be somebody sitting in their home or driving in their car online, listening right now, realizing, I need to make Jesus Lord of my life. I need to respond to him. It could be somebody sitting in this room who just all of a sudden realizes something in my heart. There's something there that God is dealing with. I need to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to ask, if you're willing to confess him before men, will you give Jesus a hand clap of praise and just say amen? So be it in the name of Jesus. We honor you, Lord God. Lord, we confess you before men, your love, your life, 
We honor you today. We lift up your name in the mighty name of Jesus. You are worthy of our praise. Worthy of our praise, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We want to connect in any way that we can to help you grow forward in your faith and your relationship with the Lord. It's what the Connect card is about. They're by the giving stations. They're also in the seat back, or you can uh, get instructions in a bit about how to do this digitally. But if we can connect, if you're taking any step of uh, forward, step forward in your faith, then we want to help you walk that journey out. I want to ask you for a commission assignment that you'll accept this week. We believe in bringing God's presence to real life. And so the way we want to bring that to real life this week is I want to ask you, get with somebody this week who's different from you. Think about what I'm saying. Get with somebody this week who's different from you. Like invest coffee or a meal with somebody who's not like you. They don't vote like you or just find some way to make that connection. To celebrate the diversity of humanity that God wants to reach through and unite our hearts together. Do what it takes to make the connection. And next week, we're going to start the service with family-wide communions. As we're then one day out of this uh, event that took place 100 years ago that was horrific. And we want to celebrate by saying that we the body are joined together because of Christ. And I would invite you this week, let's celebrate that diversity by reaching across some barriers together. That's the way the body of Christ, we just go out and we love. And so I invite you to do that this week. Listen, we, we always, as a part of our congregational assignment, just take time just to worship. Some things God's stirring in our heart. Would you just join together for a few moments before we are commissioned out with a couple more announcements. Let's just press in and worship the Lord for a few moments before we conclude.